0: Hello and welcome to The Pulse. Later in tonight's show the government allocated a total of $4.5 million in public money to district councils to promote the idea that proposals for electoral reform should follow the basic law. But do the public representatives have a right to help determine how that money was spent? First, though, earlier this week, Occupy Central with Love and Peace conducted a poll to decide which three of 15 proposals for the chief executive election process should be used in a referendum it will be holding on constitutional reform.
1: On Tuesday, Occupy Central with Love and Peace held its third constitutional reform deliberation day. Around 2,500 participants voted for their preferred chief executive electoral proposal at polling booths in five different districts of Hong Kong. There were 15 proposals, all satisfying international standards on universal and equal suffrage from which they could choose. The proposal by Scholarism and the Federation of Students received the highest number of votes, 1,142. People Powers' proposal got 708 votes, and that of the Alliance for True Democracy 452. Hong Kong permanent residents will be able to vote for which of these proposals they prefer on the civil referendum day on the 22nd of June. That selected proposal will be submitted to the Hong Kong government. If the government doesn't even consider that proposal, Occupy Central is more likely to go ahead with its planned protest. But there have been criticisms that the process has preempted that vote with the more moderate proposals already being voted out at the expense of what the critics see as the more extreme ones. Well, with us in the studio is Benny Tai of
0: Occupy Central and Michael Davis, who submitted one of those more moderate proposals. Benny Tai, can I come to you first? Some people are saying that in the wake of last Tuesday's uh, deliberations, Occupy Central's really losing the plot. It was hijacked by radicals. And whereas there was a clear view of, you know, the the, the target of Occupy Central's
2: purposes, it's all been lost now. Well, I disagree with this point because the whole decision-making process was decided by a transparent and uh, fair procedure in March uh, this year. We have 500 people in another meeting. We join together and we deliberate, and then decided on the whole decision-making process. And now the decision made on the 6th of May. Actually, yes, there might be some groups. They have mobilized their supporters to join the uh, the meeting and then vote according to what they believe to be right and proper. But most people, actually, the majority of the participants on the D-Day 3, actually have. Uh, gone through the whole deliberative process and then make that decision independently.
0: Well, let's turn to Michael Davis. You were one of the people involved in one of those 15 proposals, one of the proposals that hardly got any support whatsoever at this uh, deliberation. First of all, why did you get involved and are you disappointed with the
3: outcome? My proposal was merely an attempt to summarize uh, in a in a, a proposal, an open letter to the chief secretary, what were the conclusions of the international panel of experts. Uh, they took the general view that the basic law text did not seem to contemplate civil nominations though it could it, uh, it contain civil recommendations or public recommendations. Otherwise uh, they, they agree that civil nominations are completely consistent with international legal standards. It's just there may be some problem in the basic law itself with that. Uh, So I accepted that that conclusion of the group and then uh, left civil nominations out, included civil recommendations. The big move I made in my proposal, again consistent with their deliberations at the Faculty of Law, was to argue that the nominating committee itself is an official body Therefore, its election should conform to international standards of fairness and equality and free choice, and that the nomination in the end should produce candidates that give the public a free choice. These are required by international legal practice, and I think the international law contained in the ICCPR is binding on Hong Kong because it's incorporated in the basic law. So, except for the dispute over civil nominations, my proposal was really put out there as a litmus test, by a scholar to encapsulate as best I could personally what our deliberations in the international roundtable had concluded.
0: Well, that proposal will not be put to the referendum that, that, that you're, you're, you're holding. D- don't you think it's a pity no, no, that in a referendum people don't have
2: more of a choice? Now let's uh, look at the nature of the whole process. Now I, I totally agree that uh, Michael's proposal and all the other 14 proposals they are good proposals they can satisfy the international standard but as a uh, civil organization we have to make a decision that what proposal we will put forward to the government and so that is the internal democratic process that we have gone through the deliberation day we have all our supporters because they need to agree with our uh, a whole uh, objective: they have to sign the letter of intent before they can join in the decision. And so, our members—you may say—is that yeah, the members of our group—we make the decision among the fifteen. We actually we can choose just one, and I think many other political groups they choose just one and they put forward the government. But we decide that we better have choices, and so we have three, and then we put forward. And then I think that's a misunderstanding what we are putting forward and actually in our let of in, uh, in our conviction statement. We call that a citizen's authorization process. It's not really a referendum. It is a citizen authorization process. We have three proposals. We want to get the authorization from the citizens to indicate which one that they think is uh, or, or they, they, they prefer. And that will be the proposal we'll put forward to the government. Now, the real referendum will come when the government puts forward a proposal. And if that can satisfy international standard, we will put forward that for the real referendum and then all sides can then join together to decide whether you want to support that government proposal.
0: I'm just wondering whether all of this is a bit naive in the sense that it now seems pretty clear that the intention of the government and the Central People's Government in Beijing is to have an election which isn't an election in other words with, with, with vetting of candidates so that people can choose from such a limited field that they won't have a real choice. So even your proposal, which, which kind of uh, um, acknowledges well, doesn't kind of know, acknowledges the, the the requirements of the basic law, will still not pass muster in these circumstances. In
3: fact, my proposal was written specifically to conform to the basic law, and the basic law requires conformity to the ICCPR. And in part, my motivation for doing it was that the <coughs> government had kept pointing at groups like scholarism and others but promoting civil nominations and saying, you guys are violating the basic law. So in effect, I wanted to take off the table, as the roundtable at Hong Kong U did as well, that one thing they're accusing them of and violating the basic law. Civil nomination is not radical. It's a normal form of, of election in most countries. So I wanted to take it off the table purely so that now we can turn to what they're proposing. In the government, in the establishment camp, and asking, does it conform to the basic law? And my answer, and I actually wrote a commentary on this at the end of the consultation in the South China Morning Post, I grouped three different groups of proposals, and my answer was most of the establishment proposals, in fact, all of them, do not conform to the basic law, because at the end of the day, they're not broadly representative in the nominating committee, and they do not, the most egregious sin is they do not give the voters a free choice, because they attempt to vet candidates so you're right this is the danger and most of us if we look at DAB proposals and others we would conclude this is exactly where the government's headed so at the end of the day the difference between so-called radicals and moderates won't matter most of the moderates in fact would ha- be happy with the radicals proposal they're just trying to get past the government that's what they're but trying the to do the
0: argument is that, that, that Occupy Central is in fact helping the government and helping the anti-democratic forces because it deflects the discussion away from this central issue.
2: Oh, I, I disagree with this point, but as you just make the comment that uh, are we naive, um, naive as it might be, but uh, if the government fails to give us anything that can satisfy international standards, and if uh, no matter what we, uh, and if the gov- central government has no intention to give us any true democracy, actually, no, more, no matter what we do, no matter what good proposal Michael can put forward, or the so-called radical uh, uh, groups they put forward their proposal, or what Occupy Central does, that will not change the situation if the central government has no such intention. And now what we are doing, we are generating the tension, the pressure and adding more pressure to the government. Now, the, the, you may say Occupy Central is radical. Yes, the radicals, they are trying to do something to get add more pressure. Maybe Michael and other so-called moderates, they can also organize together to create another pressure for government. That, now, look at Occupy Central. If you are not willing to give us something that is that can satisfy like international standards, even the moderates will have to join with the radicals, then you must seriously take into consideration of the... Of the, of the proposals of the moderates. Actually, we are now creating a political room for the moderates and so that the moderates have a chance to talk with the uh, 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 central government.
0: Well, Benny Tai, Michael Davis, thank you very much. We're out of time, but we will be back after the break. Welcome back. In societies that get to fully elect their government, there's always a bit of a conundrum when the government spends public money to convince the public of a viewpoint it might not share. It gets even more confusing when this activity occurs in the process of a consultation supposedly held to assess public views.
1: This banner represents part of the spending of the $250,000 awarded to each of the 18 district councils to promote the constitutional reform consultation and the idea that reforms must adhere to the basic law. The promotion was initiated by the Basic Law Promotion Steering Committee. The controversial expulsion of Councillor Ted Hoy from one district council meeting in March was during a discussion of this series of activities. Hoy was calling for an open discussion and approval process. According to the funding guidelines issued by the Home Affairs Department, the activities should enhance the basic understanding. Of the need for constitutional reform to follow the Basic Law, the document asked district councils to target young
4: people.
2: 你只能講出什麼
4: <laughs> Half day activities
1: were held throughout Tai Po that day. Activities on other days included school quizzes, slogan creation, and coloring competitions. In Tai Po, the $250,000 was all allocated to one local body, the Tai Po District Association. The decision was approved by paper circulation, which means no formal meeting was held. Chu Ging Yun, who planned the activities, was one of the principals who supported the government's national education curriculum.
4: 在普選裏面都有不同的方法 例如公民提名,
2: 这个, 公民提示, 这个,
4: 这个一个我们,
2: 歡迎各位委員出席<笑>
4: 談刺他就解釋清楚究竟現在坊間所說的東西 the group
1: deciding how the funding would be used in Kwai Ching district is chaired by Eric Lam, one of the few pan democrats heading any working groups. According to the Home Affairs Bureau, almost every district put up exhibition boards and banners, arranged school competitions and talks. There are some activities that were said to be seminars, but essentially seemed to be meals in restaurants at least 20 rounds of talks were held. The speakers usually supported the government line and included figures from the Constitutional and Mainland Affairs Bureau, a Hong Kong deputy to the National People's Congress, the Executive Council, and the Basic Law Committee. Yao Mong District held seven seminars in a row. Just one was held in a restaurant in Tsimsa Choi. The dinner event wasn't open to the public only to bodies who'd bought their tables the organizer was a prominent pro establishment body in the association of industries and commerce of yachin mong ko yu wo of
4: nin nei gong ne ji god de gongxiang lian ying gai qi shu xia suo yo tian ti ne ji da bufen dou han kai shi you zhi wang a look at the minutes that
1: day Revealed that it was the Yao Mong District Council Chairman, Chong Gongmo, who suggested that the Association of Industries and Commerce of Ching Mong be invited as a collaborating partner.
4: <音声><音声> i
1: In Chan's district, no open meeting was held to discuss how to conduct the promotion. Everything was decided by circulation of letters.
4: For some though,
1: the questions remain. Should the spending of public money not be a more open process? And can it be spent effectively? when no consensus is sought or formed. The second consultation phase is planned to proceed at the end of the year.
0: Well, that's it from us for this week. Don't forget, you can always catch the programme again on the web or download it on podcast on our RTHK website. We'll leave you with some footage from the Occupy Central deliberations and see you at the same time next week. Until then, goodbye.